Badass of the Week is an iHeartRadio podcast produced by High Five Content. A giant, demonic, wild boar whips a volley of spines from its razor back at an onrushing phalanx of Vikings, the arrow-like needles ripping men apart where they stand. Across the battlefield, a spectral grizzly bear wearing a horned Viking helmet swipes a massive paw, sending dozens of skeletal warriors in armor flying towards a stone wall where they shatter on impact. This is Viking Camelot, and it is the last stand of the legendary Viking ruler, Rolf Kraki. It is King Rolf's half-sister, the mystical and deadly Viking necromancer Skuld, who now leads the army that batters down his defenses. Abandoned by her father, betrayed by her brother, she has dedicated her life to vengeance, which now hangs within reach. But in order to get it, she must use her powerful dark magic to lead an army of ghouls, dark elves, monsters, and Viking zombies against the most formidable brotherhood of Norse berserkers ever assembled. This is the story of Hrolf Kraki, Bothvar Bjarki, and Skuld the Necromancer. And it's quite possibly the most badass Viking myth ever written. Hey! Hey, hello, and welcome back to Badass of the Week. My name is Ben Thompson, and I am here, as always, with my co-host, Dr. Pat Larish. Hello, badasses! Hello! Yes, we are doing something really fun this week. Um, You know, we have, for the last couple of weeks, written and talked about a lot of historical figures. Like, real people who actually existed. Yeah, yeah. And and I love those stories. And in a lot of ways, those stories are more interesting to me because they're real people who did real things. So every real thing that happens mm-hmm. seems just more and more unbelievable as this, these stories go on. Um, but, you know, our first episode was about Hercules. And I keep thinking about our Jengar episode that we did, which I think was one of my favorite ones that we ever have oh, done. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Mongolian mm-hmm. hero the, the, of this, legend. The, yes, the Mongolian mythology of Jengar. He was not 100% real, but he was totally 110% badass. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I just love, I love talking about myth because... You know, you you can have some fun with the stories because they're not real people. In the other stories that we talk about, generally the type of stories we talk about, like real people are dying and there is that component to it. And in a myth, it's it's not quite the case. So in a myth, everything's nothing's it's not real. So you can have a little bit of fun and make a little bit more jokes with stuff and and talk about some of the, the the more like unseemly characters. Um, And, you know. I enjoy a good mythological villain. (laughs) Okay. So, Ben, I'm getting the sense that you have a particular mythological villain in mind. I do. I do. So you had kind of done the the Jengar thing, the Mongolian myth. And so for me, like, I always have this soft spot for Viking myth because they're pretty, pretty awesome. And, you know, sometimes they're a little... They're a little tricky to to read. Sometimes they're a little tricky to parse because they uh, the, the the style of writing is is a bit antiquated and it makes it a little bit hard to to read and track some of these stories. But there's a lot of good stuff in there. 
This week, what I want to talk about is a particular myth of a a sorceress, a necromancer sorceress named Skuld, who Skuld. comes from a Skuld. That sounds yes. Viking. I mean, this sounds Scandinavian, right? Yeah. Yes, it's S K U L D Skuld, like a skull, right? Like it's awesome. And okay, I have to say. I looked up etymologies and stuff, and the name Skuld is related to the word should, as in oh. what has to happen. Yeah. So this is kind of an interesting thing about Skuld because Viking myth is very, very hardcore, very intense. And so Skuld is interesting. Yeah. Like should. I love that. Right. That's very, that's very cool. Um and in Norse myth, that works for this story because because Skuld is not only the name of this particular necromancer we're going to talk about in this particular kind of obscure myth involving uh, mm -hmm. Rolf Kraki and Bothvar Bjarki, but like um, Skuld was also the name of one of the Norns, which is a group of three goddesses that are basically equivalent to like the Fates or the Furies. Um, they're like... Yeah. The cosmic beings that determine the fate of of warriors mm -hmm. in combat, um, and they say they're said to have like traveled alongside the Valkyries, that kind of thing. Um, but they determine who lives and who dies, and so yeah. you know there yeah. is a scold that does that. There are three of these Norns, and they're you know banshees are another good example of something that's like you know a, a spirit that determines whether you live or die. Um, and, yeah, yeah. and we're going to see from Skuld that she's a, a, a human woman that also does that. <laughs> Ooh, tell me more. <laughs> yes. So yeah. we are, um, we're going to take a, a, a quick break here. And when we come back, we are going to talk about um, a really badass, really obscure Viking hero, or I guess villain. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, it's, it's good. And obscure if you're not steeped in Norse mythology, right? You know, I just, I just, I just want to give a shout out to people who geek out about Norse mythology. You know? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But like, even among that, this story is a little bit of a of a weird one. It's a little bit of an outlier, yeah. right? This isn't yeah. this isn't Loki and Hell and Thor and Odin and all of those. You know, when you think about Norse myth, even as somebody who kind of studies it, you know, uh -huh. this one's yeah. kind yeah. of yeah. a yeah. She's a, a bit of a minor character and a bit of a minor myth, but like. The story is cool, and I, and I, I think it'll be really fun to tell it. Um, yeah, but, uh, and I like to think of myself as someone who knows a thing or two about mythology, including Norse. And honestly, school was new to me, so I appreciate the opportunity to learn more. Yes, so we are going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we are going to get into it. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. 
find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, we'll boot it. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Gene. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene! Run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's Dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. (sighs) Good one, Dad. (sighs) Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of dough. Well, the truth is, dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Skuld's story begins with a Danish king named Helgi, and the 
version that we're using here is from a book called The Saga of Hrolf Kraki. It's the story of a couple of generations of semi-legendary Danish kings. We're talking like Jengar kinds of things here where maybe this is there's some reality here, maybe something, some of these, like a King Arthur kind of thing. Maybe these people lived, maybe they didn't, we don't know, but it probably didn't go down the way that this story indicates. No, but on the other hand, most things probably didn't. If we're talking about several centuries slash millennia ago, and let's just lean into the story. Skull's story begins with a Danish king named Helgi. And one year around Yule time, you know, winter solstice, uh, and Helgi is a pretty pretty powerful king of Denmark. And he's not like the king of Denmark. Denmark is a bunch of smaller little areas at the time, but he's a, a major king of a major kingdom in Denmark. And he is, um, he's at home and there's a knock on his door and the door opens and there's a woman there. She's dressed in these kind of ragged robes. Um, it's raining outside and she says, Oh, you know, uh, I, can you help me? Uh, can you just give me a little bit of food? He says, Oh no, come on in, come on in. And, um, Oh, she's a sexy elf lady. Great. This is great for Helgi. He's very happy. So he says, come on in, have some wine. You know, we'll put on some music. You know, you can stay here if you need to. Um, anyway, the next morning, um, she says, I'm pregnant by you, Helgi. Wait, and, um, wait a minute. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, we're talking like, not even 24 hours, like 12 hours. Like, She's an elf. She's magical. She knows this stuff. So she says, I'm pregnant with your kid. Um, back behind your longhouse, there's a little boathouse there where you set off your Viking warships to go to war. Um, come back there in nine months and uh, pick up your daughter. Wait, 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 wait. She knows the gender? Like we, we've had gender reveal party? She knows the gender. She knows the date. She says, in nine months, you come back to this boathouse, you pick up your daughter bye, I got to go. And she leaves. And Helgi, I mean, Helgi is, he's a badass Viking warrior. He travels around, he plunders, he pillages. He's not the kind of guy that like is going to come back in nine months to pick up the daughter. He just completely forgets about all this. Helgi's Helgi's not a good guy. He's a Viking. He's a murderer, right? <laughs> he's, he's not a good person. Um, here's the moral of that story is that if you got a kid that you're supposed to pick up from a boathouse in nine months, you better show up because he doesn't show up. And then more months pass. And after about three, uh, years, uh, three years, one day he gets a knock okay. on his door. So that's so three years. That's like, OK, oh, wait, 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 checks nose does math. Thirty six months. OK, that's like yes. four times times nine months. OK, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. At three okay. years, so, yeah. he gets a knock on his door. And it's a group of elves and uh, they have a three-year-old girl with them and they say, here you go, this is your daughter. And now because you didn't pick her up, we are going to put a curse on you. <laughs> and that's what they do. I don't know where the mom's at. I don't know what the deal is, but they, uh, they show up and they, they drop this girl off. Uh, her name is Skuld. Skuld. <laughs> yes. And she's going to be the hero of our story. You yes. should. You should have picked her up when we you you had the chance. Her up. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Skuld is three years old, and she starts growing up with Helgi in the court of Helgi, and she doesn't get the attention that you know. She kind of gets kind of shoved off to the side, and she decides, 
she is half elf, half Viking. She's pretty badass. She is going to start learning the dark arts. She wants to be able to kill people with her mind and catch their heads on fire. And she is going to study all the evil dark magic that you're not allowed to study um, because she wants she has elf powers. She has magic powers. So she wants to learn to have powerful magical energy. So Helgi, uh, the curse doesn't work out that well for Helgi. He um, accidentally marries his own daughter and then has a son with her named Rolf Crafty. That's okay. Okay, that's just, that's just awkward. And yeah. I guess I just I guess I should just intervene and say when the we're in the realm of myth and legend and this is extremely some, common. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Family trees are, you know, as Tani said, or as our guest said a few episodes ago, um, sometimes these family trees are more like family brambles or family wreaths, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It looks like a diagram of a parallel circuit. Yeah. It's uh, it's hard, right? <laughs> so Helgi accidentally marries his own daughter, has a kid with her named Rolf Cracky, and then he dies Wait, in a fire. Name, named what? Rolf Cracky. So H-R-O-L-F. So Rolf. Rolf? Rolf? Okay. Rolf Cracky. Rolf Cracky. K-R-A-K-I. Rolf Cracky. That's awesome. Yeah. And then Helgi dies in a fire, which is just how Viking sagas go. Um. Okay. 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 So moving on. Yeah. And okay. so, so Rolf Cracky becomes the king and Skuld is still his sister. She's still a princess, right? And so she ends up marrying a very powerful Swedish king named Horvarf, who um, was very strong, very brave, uh, apparently not averse to women who can conjure apparitions through their knowledge of the dark arts. And um, that seems like a feature, not a bug. Yeah, I like it. Right. It's, it seems like a, he seems like an understanding kind of guy. And they rule the kingdom of the Gouts, which are like Swedish Goths, I think, is my understanding. He's a king of Sweden, and he rules the Gouts, Gouts, G-A-U-T-S, Gouts. So Skuld and Rolf Kraki, her brother, and also probably some other relation because he Helgi married his daughter. I don't know how that works, uh, but I'm not going to do the math on what other thing he, what how, how else he's related to her. But um, they get along until one day Rolf tricks Skuld's husband Hjorvarth into accidentally becoming a vassal of Denmark. So how does something like that happen? <laughs> Oof, yeah. Apparently, Rolf had a, um, a magic sword that he'd found. This really, really awesome sword. It was magical. It cuts through things like it's great. Um, and he offers it to Hjorvarth as a gift. And the Swedish king, of course, he wants it. That's yeah, awesome. Magic sword. That's I mean, it really sounds cool. cool. Yeah, like I would want that. Like, yeah. Yeah, of course. And so Hjorvarth accepts it. But then apparently there's some secret rule amongst the Vikings that if a king offers you a sword and you accept it, that means you're a vassal of his. And so now suddenly Rolf Kraki is the king of Denmark and Sweden. Hjorvarth is like now bound by some stupid sense of honor to like accept this as fact. And okay, yes, now I must uh, declare my fealty to you and pay you a yearly tribute. And um, you have now conquered Sweden through trickery. And even though you were completely devious in your actions, I, as an honorable Viking king, must uh, adhere to my honor and be the king. 
Okay. So, yep. What do we know about Skuld so far? Uh, yeah, what do we know about her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is a master of the dark arts and um, has been looking for kind of revenge on her father who mistreated her and ignored her her whole life. That father, Helgi, his son, Rolf Kraki, is now the king of Denmark and also the lord of her husband. She has kind of like made her way. She's learned magical powers. She found this good king to marry and she rules this kingdom with him, has separated herself from the world of Helgi and Hrolf Kraki and has made her own fiefdom. And then Hrolf Kraki shows up and subjugates her again. And so how do you think that's going to go with someone like Skuld? Ooh, would she like place a, a curse or a blessing or a spell or a something? I don't know. She goes to her husband, Hjorvarth, and she tells him, this is freaking stupid. Tell him you're not going to pay the tribute and that this is lame and that you got tricked and this is dumb. What are you doing? Why are you accepting this, you idiot? Okay, yeah. Okay, so she's making a financial argument. Yeah, she says, okay, don't, yeah, yeah. why are you, why would you get rid of your stupid sense of honor and this guy tricked you and like, uh-huh. Tell, tell this guy to go to hell and don't pay him. What are you doing? Uh -huh. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Shorbarth, of course, is not open to listening to this. He says, no, no, I must I must adhere to my, I don't know, it's a, it's, it's a Viking honor thing. Hrolf Kraki, for his part, he goes on to be really famous and super powerful. He plunders and conquers and amasses this huge treasure hoard. He recruits all of the greatest warriors of Norway and Sweden and Denmark to come join him. He has this court of 12 berserkers, which kind of is Arthurian, yeah. if you think about it. Um, these berserkers, I, they are I like the like greatest should warriors should we intervene ever. and just say, like, with berserkers, um, like, berserk in, like, English, the way people use it conversationally today, it's just like, eh, you know, like yeah, all over the place, chaotic, whatever. But um, for these warriors, it was a, it was this state of mind that you got into that allowed you to like badass all over the place. Yeah, yeah. They would kill animals, either wolves or bears. Usually, some, kill some kind of like wild predator with a with a hand to hand weapon, right? So, like, fight a bear with an axe, and they'd kill it. And they'd, um, yeah. they'd skin and, it whoa, and they'd wear the skin. That's like... That's real hunting, right? <laughs> um, from the point of view of the human, um, that's pretty badass. Well, the idea is that these berserkers are more badass than the bears, right? So they skin the bear and they wear the skin of the bear as a coat. You've seen this kind of thing with Viking stuff where they have the wolf head on their... As like a, the hat or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you like absorb the energy or like inhabit the energy yeah 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 yeah, yeah. berserker just means bear skin like they like they would the guys who wore bear skins oh, okay yes yeah, like berserkers. that's where the, the entomology of that word um and these guys would like they would stay up late the night before a big battle and they would like chant music and they'd drink some concoction that involved mushrooms of some variety and they'd get all like they'd stay up all night and get super hyper and they'd like just charge like frothing at the mouth into battle the next day and fight everything and there's there's stories of like the battle was over but there were berserkers that were still just like chopping down trees because they were so like hyped up to fight that like they couldn't turn it off they would just chop down trees after the battle because they there was nobody left to kill like this is the style of guy that that Rolf Cracky enjoys, like recruiting to his side, because like you said, you want bears to be your friends. 
And these guys are tougher than bears. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's, um, uh, what is it? It's not the, um, is it the transitive property, the commutative property? Like bears are badass. We are badder ass than bears. Therefore, we are even more badass. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so Rolf gets his, um, gets this huge empire basically uh he's one of the greatest heroes ever he's been accumulating all this wealth and scold still has to pay him taxes and tribute every year and she says okay look she goes to her brother i i mean you know death and taxes yeah 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 well, she doesn't think she's have to pay that. She used to be a queen, and now she's a now she's a vassal, right? So she she goes to her half brother and she says, um, "Hey, can I just get a three year break on the tribute?" But at the end of the three years, she's going to pay all three years at once. She's like, "Give me a slack for a minute. I'll just pay all three years at once at the end of it." Rolf says, "Okay, fine. That's that works for me. Cool." But by this point in the story, you know. Um, Rolf is, he used to be like kind of this great hero. You know, he's, he's, he's well known. Like the saga of Rolf Cracky covers the entire life of Rolf. And, and Skuld is kind of the, the Morgana or the Mordred of this King Arthur story. So Rolf has had tons of cool adventures and all of these recruited all of these berserkers. Recruiting each berserker is a story of itself. There's this huge book on Rolf Cracky and all of the cool, amazing adventures he has had. But the Rolf last Cracky. chapter, yes, he's this awesome, badass, like Danish king, Viking warrior. He's cool, but he's very traditionally Viking warrior cool, which is not quite as, you know, doesn't stand out quite the way that Skuld's story does. And so Hrolf has had this amazing career, but he's past his prime. And um, towards the end of his career, he starts to become kind of a jerk. Um, his guys, they get kind of arrogant and pretentious and lazy. Instead of questing, they're, they're either eating slovenly in their long houses. They're throwing chicken bones at their servants. They're drinking too much. They're disrespecting the gods. It's not cool to throw chicken bones at the servants, even in Viking mythology. Okay, like, okay, actual badasses are, like, nice and humane to servants or servant-like people, yeah. It's like we said, chaotic good, right? Like, when these guys started getting all, like, they, they just become really, like, self-absorbed. And, and, and Skuld, over these three years, she doesn't pay her taxes because she doesn't have to. She's going to pay it all at the end. But she has no intention I mean, of paying I respect the that hustle. three years at the end. Yeah, she yeah. is going to use that yeah. money to hire mercenaries and troops and soldiers. And she uses her magical abilities to summon monsters. And she uses her elven connections to get demons and other terrible things from the, um, the underworld. She starts building this big giant army of monsters and bandits and criminals and dark elves and all kinds of bad things. What is she doing? Like, are we just like getting together to like play Scrabble? No, we are, we are going to kill Hrolf Cracky. <laughs> that is the, that is the objective. <laughs> We're going to kill this guy and not pay him that three years of taxes we owe. <laughs> I feel like there's like many jokes to be made about taxes, but let's just move on. Yeah, you should pay your taxes. Okay. We can't advocate okay. you not paying your taxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, That's what brought down Al Capone. Yeah. 
Wolfcrack and his berserkers, they've become complacent, they've become lazy, they've they don't pay their respects to the gods the way they should anymore. They don't do they don't achieve more glory for the gods. They sit at home and drink too much and disrespect the people that work for them and the gods and all this other stuff. And um, so well, why these guys are, are kind of disrespecting everything, Skuld makes this huge army and she she builds this massive force and she marches it to Hrolf Kraki's castle, which is basically like the Camelot of Viking Denmark. And um, and he doesn't notice until the entire castle is surrounded by soldiers and monsters. And she has her tent set up with a big black flag hanging above it. And she's in there doing witchy stuff on a, on a witchy table. And a messenger arrives at Hrolf Kraki's castle. And it says, um, you know, there's an army outside. And um, if you hadn't noticed, today. like yeah. if you hadn't like looked at a window and Rolf Cracky is sitting in his throne room, which I imagine to be just a pigsty. I imagine it to look like a like a dorm room. Right. And um, and uh, okay. I, I feel like that's unfair to dorm rooms. I mean, come on. OK, you know? it looks like my old dorm room. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and um, uh -huh. and and listens to this messenger and he says, Tell Skuld, I'm going to finish this drink of ale, and then I'm going to come out and uh, destroy your army. Okay. <laughs> now, to be fair, to be fair, if you've got a quaff of ale, if you've got like, you know, half a pint left or like a quarter of a pint left, you know. You're probably going to die like, hell yeah. This is like a badass response. This is Rolf Cracky. Like, I, I've been underplaying how cool he is because, like, he's the bad guy. He's the he's the antagonist of this story. But that was that's him, right? She, he's like, yeah, no, what? I'll, I'll, let me finish this first. Then I'll get my guys together. Don't worry about it. I'll be right out there to kick yeah, your yeah. ass. Like, we we know that gesture, like the gesture of, like, the, the, the thing where you do the that you do with your hand, it's like, okay, just mm, give me a sec while I finish my beverage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll be out mm -hmm. there in a minute. You, you, yeah, yeah. you, you sit tight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because you just got to go out in style. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so mm -hmm. Skuld, when she hears that, she doesn't like it. She orders her army to attack, and Rolf Cracky sends his guys out, and now we have a battle. And this is like a crazy Viking battle outside the the castle of like the king of Denmark, the great Viking ruler, Rolf Cracky. And the and her army is like elves and monsters. I'm picturing like centaurs and minotaurs and that kind of thing. Like I'm picturing all kinds of weird mythological creatures here fighting Viking berserkers. And it is, you know, everything bigger than a cantaloupe is getting sliced in half. Bodies are piling up. The way they describe the battle is I, I think of like Battle of the Bastards of Game of Thrones, right? Like the, the way they describe the battle is that like the piles of bodies were stacking up so high that like warriors had to climb over piles of bodies to fight each other with swords. Like you couldn't shoot over them with arrows or whatever, but nobody was using arrows. They were just running at each other and hitting each other with axes and swords and uh, and horses were kicking each other and, you know, all this crazy I mean, stuff okay, was never happening. Mind the horses. I feel like this is like very grim for the humans. Yeah, I mean, it probably wasn't great for like the dark elves and the minotaurs either. They're pretty, they're getting killed by these berserkers. Everybody's everybody's getting killed. One of Hrolf's berserkers is a hero named Bothvar Bjarki. We're going to talk about him right after this message from our sponsors. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. 
At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, we'll boot it. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. You write the books, Jean. I've lost her on the business. I understand now. She's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Jean, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. <sighs> Good one, Dad. Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of dough. Well, the truth is, dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here... We have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
take good care and we'll see you there. So Bothfar Bjarki, he's a berserker, but he's not just a regular berserker. We talked earlier about how the berserkers would skin bears and wear their hides. Well, Bothfar, he doesn't need to wear bear hide because he can go into a sleep-like trance and summon a spiritual bear. His father had some kind of curse where he would turn into a bear during the day and back into a human at night. Bothfar inherited some part of that, and this is how it manifests. I generally like to think that Bothfar actually turned into the bear. So, okay, you say curse, like, okay, like, it was bug like a bear. feature, bug feature, bug feature, you know. Yeah. Whenever he goes into berserk mode, whenever he blood rages, he turns into a bear. Tuesday at 10.30 a.m., I feel like turning into a bear. Bing! Yeah, that's leg day. So he summons the spiritual bear from within Rolf's castle. So his body is safe while he's in this trance. And his spiritual bear goes out and just starts wrecking shop. He's tearing things up. He's destroying Skuld's army. He can't be hurt. It's a ghost spirit. Skuld can't control it because it's not the type of spirit that a necromancer is involved with. He starts biting horses in half. I picture in my mind, whenever I think about this story, I imagine that the spiritual bear, it's still wearing like a horned Viking helmet. That's how I picture this bear. And the hat has horns. Yes. Actual Vikings didn't have horned helmets. People who like Viking stuff will always tell you that that was invented in like the 18th century for, for the operas or whatever. But yeah. the hashtag, I know that, but that's yeah. how I picture this bear. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Yeah, but we're, okay. But the thing is like, we're like now in the um, imaginative universe of imagining a bear with a hat. Yes. None of this is real. <laughs> it can look like whatever I want. It can wear a disco hat or whatever. But Bothfar is fighting for Hurl of Kraki, so he's on the other side here. So Skuld is in her witchy, witchy black flag tent here, and her army, her massive army, she's been assembling to avenge herself upon Rolf Kraki for all of the wrongs that have been done to her by him and his father. They are, uh, they're, they're, they're losing. They're, they're getting beat by this force that's heavily outnumbered. Skuld has put this awesome force together with all this magic and she's losing. And so she decides, okay, it's time to really go big here. So she mm -hmm. summons Yeah, go, a, go large um, or go home. Yeah, so she summons yeah, yeah. a wild boar that is apparently demonic and extremely large. I'm picturing Caledonian boar here. So, like, we're imagining like 30 to 50 feral pigs, but like as one being... As one entity, yes. The okay, wild boar yes. is one of the most ill-tempered and like angriest land animals. And um, this one's summoned from an evil dimension beyond the mortal realm, so it's probably worse. Is it necessarily evil or just like cranky? I think it's, e I think it's probably actually evil. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm on team just like, eh, cranky, but like that's because I'm always cranky, so yeah. <laughs> So this thing's flinging people around with its tusks, and it, apparently it can shoot. It's got a tough hide that's impervious to swords, and it can shoot arrow-like quills out of its back. So it's like a porcupine, but a pig. So it's like a... like a razorback. You know, they have the, okay. the they got the hair back there. It, it shoots quills. It shoots quills, and those quills can rip a person in half if it hits. Okay. Yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. Okay. So, <laughs> and yeah. you can't hurt it with bows or swords. <laughs> It's bad. It's a bad news. And you don't want to be on the you don't want to be dealing with that. So, OK, the fight is continuing and 
the everybody now is kind of covered in blood and they go to great lengths to describe how much everybody is covered from like sword hilt to shoulder to foot in blood of their enemies. At some point during the battle, one of Rolf's berserkers goes to Balfar in the castle, sees he's sleeping and is like, yo, we're killing ourselves out here. What are you doing? You're sleeping? The berserker, who's one of Balfar's very good friends, starts shaking him and wakes him up, which makes the spiritual bear go away. Now, Balfar can't go back into the trance and he's got to like pull a weapon and join the battle personally. So Balfar's forces end up taking a huge hit just because Balfar's friend wakes him up thinking Balfar's just napping and we could use him in the in the battle and, and he already was in the battle as a giant killer Viking helmet wearing bear. Everybody left alive is has killed many people and there's mm -hmm. blood everywhere. Yeah, yeah, I look bad but you should see the other guys. Or the other gals, as the case may be. Skuld and uh, and Rolf Cracky, their armies are fighting, and it, there's the there's the giant boar. There's all kinds of other weird animals and things happening here. Um, but Skuld realizes she is losing. She's not gonna she's she's not gonna win here. So she's like, okay, the boar wasn't enough. I got to go bigger. So, so what does she do? Well, I'll I'll quote Bothvar Bjarki here. Uh, he runs into the throne room and Rolf Cracky is kind of sitting on the throne still. He's got his weapon with him. He's, he's, he's kind of guarding the inner sanctum here. He's the one they want. So like, he's going to be there with some of his even more tougher warriors. Okay. So sh we should imagine we're inside a building. Uh, maybe there are tapestries on the walls. Maybe mm -hmm. there are sconces, you know. Okay. Yeah. There's some, there's some cooked meats. There's some empty wine goblets rolling around on yeah, the floor. Yeah, yeah. We are inside. And Bothvar says, I fear now that the dead stir here. Rise up I again fear, and fight wait, against I, us. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I fear now that the dead stir here. Yes. Rise up and fight against us. And hard will it prove to fight with fetches. And for all so many limbs as here are cloven, shields split, and helms and corselets hewn into pieces, and many a chieftain cut asunder. These the dead are now the grimmest to contend with, nor have we the strength to cope with them. Damn. Skuld has created Viking zombies. <laughs> she has raised the dead warriors, those piles and piles and piles of dead warriors are now rising to fight again. It's the middle of winter. There's a big Viking fortress, the Viking Camelot. It's engulfed in flames. There's smoke. There's corpses. It's bitter cold. There's the winds of a Scandinavian December. And with no hope of survival, the king of Denmark, he's half drunk. He's defending his throne room against what he knows is an impossible army. Um, yeah. He wants to have a last stand worthy Respect of Respect to him, you know. Yeah. yeah oh yeah. yeah. He's doing his oh, best. Yeah. This is how yeah. he goes out, right? This is his. This is his swan song. He's got to. He's got to die a good death for Valhalla. Uh, he, he has to make up for those years of, of of laziness. And so he and his personal champions, those twelve, the last of those twelve warriors, um, they fight kind of helms deep against, you know, alongside a giant ghost bear, uh, against a necromancer with dark elves and Viking zombies and the wild boar that shoots arrows out of its hide. And, um, yeah. And so this is the final battle as the Skuld's armies begin to enter and break into the throne room. And we're seeing a lot of Game of Thrones tie-ins here with like, I mean, the dead I know army. That, I know that this episode is about Skuld, but 
in a way, I'm kind of rooting for the people against Scold because you have to be badass to put up with this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so here's the thing with Rolf Cracky. So he carries a magical sword. It's called Skolfnung. Um, Skolfnung. Okay, wait. I just I like Skolfnung. Skolfnung. And there's an umlauts over the O. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to acknowledge this. Yes. Yeah. It's described as, quote, the best of all swords carried in the northern lands. Oh, okay. That's, you know, that's a good thing to put on your LinkedIn profile. Yes. So Skolfnung, it's, it's got some design flaws. You can't... Uh, you can't unsheathe it in the presence of a woman or when the sun is shining on the pommel. Okay, so uh, this seems like there might be restrictions on one's actions. Maybe. There's some there's some upsides. It's a magic sword, right? Which is cool. Um, wounds inflicted by the blade cannot be healed except by the sword itself. So the sword can heal a wound that it inflicts. But nothing else can. Wait, so it's a sword that can heal a very specific subset of wounds? Of wounds, but any wound that it inflicts stays forever. Um, and apparently when it hits an enemy, it makes a sound. It sings. Okay. It breaks into song? I picture this in the zombie myth thing. I picture it as this. I picture it as sounding like a chainsaw when it swings because like we got zombies here happening and that's the, it makes okay, a singing, it makes a singing like sound. musical theater like Stephen Sondheim or something. Okay. But okay. You know, hey, we've got range. Yeah. It makes this sound that strikes fear into the hearts of those who hear it. It's referred to as singing a song, but they never really describe what that is. I'm going to strike fear into your spirit. <laughs> yes and so he's got this scope i picture it sounding like a chainsaw that's the only sound i can hear is like those chainsaw swords from warhammer but that's what i'm picturing <laughs> but you know scold is raising the dead and she's gonna get her revenge and for every guy that rolf and his warriors cut down another walking corpse enters to take its place bothfar even gets into single combat bothfar bjarki the 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 bear guy, he gets into a fight with the Swedish king, Hjorvarth, the, the husband of Skuld. They have a they have a showdown in the throne room. And That's complicated. Yes. Bothvar cuts off both of Hjorvarth's arms, one of his legs, and then cuts him in half through the torso. He cuts off both of his arms. Then a leg. It's like the Black Knight from the Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Wait, okay. So he's got literally one leg to stand on. And then he gets cut in half. Zero. Oh, okay. I was going to say zero limbs to like swing a sword or other weapon with. No, and then no, he, he gets dies. cut in half. Okay. He dies. Okay. R.I.P. Well, maybe not R.I.P. because Skuld brings him back. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> like fighting. she's all like magic-y, elfy. Like, okay, okay. No, she just okay. raises him as like a like an undead corpse, like a zombie, to like keep fighting. And um, this is demoralizing for Bothfar and his friends. <laughs> Uh, Skuld is in her army are, are stomping and they're like, Rolf is fighting as hard as he can and, and he's going to lose, but he's, he's battling very heroically. This is very Ragnarok, right? He's fighting this losing battle that he's, you know, uh, he's doing his but best. It's, he's got to do it for his honor. Um, and, and Skuld enters and she's using magic against the heroes. And, you know, she, she had been kind of unwanted and pushed to the side and disrespected and now she has returned into the throne room and she destroys the greatest warriors in the land and um maybe they should have just given her a break on her taxes right <laughs> maybe they should have just not tricked her into becoming a vassal maybe 
Helgi should have shown up to pick up his daughter nine months after he I, had her. Yeah, okay. I mean, like, I'm a big fan of, like, childcare. This is the should. This is the norns. This is the fates. This is you should have, you should have, like, there's a lot of, a lot of mistakes happened along the way <laughs> to Skuld leading an undead army of zombie Vikings into your throne room with a giant wild boar and killing you and all of your friends. But that's what happens. Rolf Cracky dies, Spothfarbiarchy dies, um, and Skull becomes the new queen of Denmark and Sweden. Um, okay, so she becomes the queen of Denmark and Sweden. For these particular kingdoms of Denmark and Sweden, but yes. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it sounds like that's like a, a non-trivial amount of territory and you yeah. know, people and like maybe there's some influence here, uh, some power yes. here. Also, maybe some responsibility, maybe some paperwork involved. I mean, I don't know, but yeah, okay. So, uh, yeah. so she needs to update her LinkedIn profile. Yes, she's now the queen <laughs> of everything. So she rules for a while, but you know, and and I, I love the story of I love the story of her kind of, you know. It's the Mordred story in King Arthur where, like, just nobody wanted you, nobody respected you. Uh, Morgana's like this. And then they just kind of eventually get their revenge. Once, like, the great king starts to kind of lose his way, like, you know, I enjoy this type of uh, this type of story. Um, she rules for a while, but she eventually, you know, and this is a very Viking end to the story because she ends up getting overthrown as well because all Viking stories end with everybody being dead. <laughs> So she is defeated. Remember Bothar Bjarki, the, the Viking who turns into a bear? Oh, yeah, that guy. So he's got a brother. His brother's name is Elgfrothi. And um, Elgfrothi decides he's going to avenge his brother. Bothvar and Elgfrothi, their dad had that curse where he turned into a bear at night. Um, Bothvar could do that at will. But Elgfrothi got a little bit of a different thing happening for him. He has the upper body of a man and the lower body of an elk. So, okay. So, yeah, I just want to, like, make sure I've got this image. So, he's like a centaur. Yeah, he's half elk, half frothy. Okay, so he's got the torso of a human. Yes. And then, like, uh, okay, he's got an elk. Except the thing, the thing is, the thing about elks is that Part of what makes elks cool is they have these amazing antlers. And if he's a human, okay, either he... I picture him with the antlers. Okay, yeah, okay, so he's... I, I picture elk antlers okay. on a human okay, upper thank body. Okay, Yes, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I, I realize that this may not actually be, you know, like historically or culturally accurate, but like we feel like it. We're going to imagine him with antlers. Yes, Okay. None like, of this is canon, but I do. It's this is he has the upper body of a man and the lower body of an elk, but like he must have antlers. I imagine he must. So Elk Frothy has an interesting story. When he was twelve, he entered the county wrestling tournament, and he ended up crippling every single man in his hometown in a single afternoon. And so they exiled him. Yeah, and so uh, so he moved into the wilderness, and he did the normal thing you could do at a Viking time. He became a bandit leader. Oh wait, okay, yeah, yeah, that's a career move. Yeah, yeah. So he became like this very powerful bandit leader. He had these two magical short swords mm -hmm. that he fought with. Um, and yeah, and everybody was afraid of him. And he, they just pay him off to not kill them whenever they were passing through the wilderness. Okay. Okay. Like we have names for that. Yeah. 
he's kind of a bad guy. And he, and he was also like the other brother, right? Bothvar Bjarki was the greatest. He's the Sir Lancelot in this King Arthur story, right? He's the most famous knight in the realm. And um, but when he gets killed, Elgfroth, he's, he's got to avenge his brother, right? He can't let this hang. And so he finds Hrolf's mother slash sister and um yeah and we say mother slash sister because this is myth slash legend and right because helgi accidentally married his own daughter yeah so whoops so so elgfrothy goes to Hrolf's mom and says hey um i want to get revenge on scald and she's like yes i'm in cool uh let me sneak into the castle because i know a secret passage that uh, scald doesn't know about and they go in and they capture her before she can use her magic. And the myth says that they, quote, together they killed her with divers torments. But they spell it in the myth, like, I don't know if this is a translation thing or the, the myth I was reading was a kind of an old one. They spell it D-I-V-E-R-S torments, which I originally read as divers torments. Oh, like divers, like, diving. like people who go down into the water. Yeah, with like nautical yeah, torture, yeah, yeah, yeah. like waterboarding, I guess. I don't know what that would be. But like, yeah, no, I like nautical okay. torture. Yeah, I don't I know. I mean, you know, hey, you know, anything could happen. But I suspect it's actually just like a spelling for like diverse, like various or yeah. differentiated or a mishmash. Yeah. 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 They, so, they get like, her. <laughs> That's the end of the story. <laughs> Is that Elg Frothy and Rolf Cracky's mom eventually avenge Rolf and Bothbriar um, by defeating Skuld and killing her? But uh, but yeah, I don't know. This is a myth that I have always like. I love the idea of the Viking sorceress like resurrecting Viking zombies and fighting this huge army with the the giant boar and the bear guy and the berserkers. Like I love everything about this story. And this is one of the, this is a very Viking myth because it's a tragedy and everybody's dead at the end. Um, Yeah. But uh, but on the other hand, it's a myth. So we've got distance from that. So we're like, okay, yeah, everyone dies at the end. And, and, but in the, in the, in mythology of the Vikings, like that's, how the world works right that's life everybody dies and life is misery <laughs> i mean life is misery i mean okay so hey um you know hey badasses who are listening to this podcast i mean yeah life is misery and you know what you can handle it somehow it could definitely be worse you could be killed with diving torments right <laughs> you know it could be worse and you could be fighting zombies <laughs> you could be fighting zombies yeah okay yeah and you know, um, you could be that poor dude who like was just trying to like be the honorable right guy and then like yeah, <laughs> got his arms and yeah. legs chopped off and got cut in half. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, that's um, okay, that sucks. And um, I, I'm gonna go on a limb here and say, statistically speaking, that's not a likely circumstance. For like actual listeners in 2024, I really, really hope that's not a common occurrence in 2024. That would be really awful. Um, so on the subject of necromancy, um, you know, okay, necromancy is kind of by definition kind of badass, but it's also kind of complicated and problematic. But I guess I'd have to say there are a lot of morals to this story. First off, don't abandon your child, especially if you have a child with a magical being. Second, don't take advantage of your family member's spouses. Don't trick them into doing things like making them your vassal and demanding taxes. 
Thirdly, do not piss off your siblings or other people's siblings, especially if you're a Viking, because they are going to come seeking revenge. So I guess the moral of the story is like, I don't know, stay badass. And uh, I mean, badass can mean different things in different contexts. And um, and stay badass at least until next week when we've got another episode. No? Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. Please tell your friends, family, maybe those siblings that are seeking revenge on you to go give us a listen as well. Subscribing and liking, all that really helps us out, and we really, really appreciate it. In the meantime, thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Yeah. Um, stay badass, and don't do necromancy unless you absolutely have to. Badass of the Week is an iHeartRadio podcast produced by High Five Content. Executive producers are Andrew Jacobs, me, Pat Larish, and my co-host, Ben Thompson. Writing is by me and Ben. Story editing is by Ian Jacobs, Brandon Fibbs. Mixing and music and sound design is by Jude Brewer. Special thanks to Noel Brown at iHeart. Badass of the Week is based on the website badassoftheweek.com, where you can read all sorts of stories about other badasses. If you want to reach out with questions, ideas, you can email us at badasspodcast at badassoftheweek.com. If you like the podcast, subscribe, follow, listen, and tell your friends and your enemies if you want, as we'll be back next week with another one. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wounded! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really needs your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.